0: Welcome to OVS Orbit, the podcast for OpenVSwitch users and developers. This is episode number 48. This is a recording of a talk that I gave at the OpenStack Summit in Sydney on November 6th. It's all about the improvements that we made to OVN in the OpenVSwitch 2.8 release cycle. In case you're listening to this and it's still December, I have something to add. It's the giving season. I will match the first $10,000 in donations to ACLU, TLDF, that's the Transgender Legal Defense and Education Fund, to Lambda Legal, to Point Foundation, or to Planned Parenthood. Just email a copy of your donation receipt dated this month to me by December 31st. On to the talk. The last couple of talks that I've uh, that I've done that I was uh, really pleased with the reception were both uh, kind of uh, tutorials. I, I did a tutorial at the last uh, Boston uh, OpenStack on uh, how OVN works from top to bottom, uh, and I, I did a tutorial at the at in Berkeley a couple of weeks ago on how uh, Faucet and uh, Open vSwitch work from top to bottom. And uh, so uh, at this OpenStack, I, I signed up to do a, a talk on uh, what, what's new in OVS and OVN. Uh, which is not a tutorial, but I thought maybe I'd uh, try uh, using the same sort of uh, formatting and style, and then we'll, we'll find out whether it's that I'm good at tutorials or if I'm good at this style. So uh, your, uh, your, your feedback is, is welcome. So, uh, like I said, uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, what's new in Open vSwitch and uh, OVN uh, 2.8, which is the version that was released at the, the end of August, uh, so uh, it's uh, it's been uh, in in use uh, for a couple of months now, um, and uh, on the other hand, uh, we've had significant development toward uh, uh, OVN and Open vSwitch 2.9, which should get released in February. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, uh, what's uh, what's new and what's coming up soon. So uh, I assume that uh, most of you have some idea of what uh, OVN is because you came to the talk. Uh, but uh, just in case uh, you wandered in uh, and, uh, and, and sat down because, uh, I don't know, maybe the other rooms were full, uh, let me uh, start by telling you a little bit about uh, what, what OVN is. So uh, OVN, uh, which stands for the uh, Open Virtual Network, uh, that's a, a subproject of, of Open vSwitch. And the, the goal of OVN is to implement a general purpose uh, network virtualization system where Network virtualization includes uh, ways to implement uh, switches, routers, firewalls, etc., cetera, uh, in a way that's uh, independent of the physical topology of your network so that uh, regardless of how your machines, your hypervisors are actually wired up and uh, regardless of how your VMs or your containers move around, uh, they, they still see a, a consistent uh, network environment. Uh, so uh, this is... Uh, something that there's uh, now an increasing amount of uh, software around for. Uh, and uh, of course, a, a neutron uh, needs uh, to uh, to layer on top of uh, these, uh, th- these sorts of things. Uh, but we were a little frustrated with what we saw out there, and so we, we set out to do uh, what uh, we saw as a, a better job than what, what, was, what was available. So uh, this is a, a diagram in lovely ASCII art that shows how uh, OVN is layered together with, uh, with Neutron uh, in, in particular, uh, but it would be uh, similar uh, if you were running OVN on top of other uh, environments, such as uh, Kubernetes uh, or other cloud management systems. So at the top, top of the diagram there, uh, you see the, the CMS, the cloud management system. Uh, so that would be uh, OpenStack or more specifically Neutron. Then uh, below that, uh, you have to have some sort of system that, uh, that that talks to the the CMS and pushes that uh, configuration down into OVN. And uh, in the um, in the case of OVN uh, working with Neutron, that's the Neutron driver uh, for uh, for OVN. So uh, regardless of what that is, uh, it pushes the configuration down into. A database called the OVN Northbound database. That database uh, contains the configuration of the logical networks of the virtual networks, uh, in in terms of entities that administrators are familiar with. So these are things like logical routers, logical switches, firewall rules, and, and that sort of configuration. So uh, that's where we we hit the first bit of uh, of code that's uh, generic uh, uh, and and part of uh, a part of OVN. And, and that's where you see the OVN-Northy daemon. Uh, so that daemon is taking this configuration in terms of entities like switches and routers, and it's translating it into a, a lower-level uh, representation that's in terms of logical flows. So a logical flow is something that uh, starts out by saying, if a packet looks like this, uh, for example, if it comes from uh, this VM or container uh, and it has these headers, then do that with it. Uh, it's a, a, a fairly generic representation. It's similar to OpenFlow, if you have any familiarity with OpenFlow, except that it's in terms of uh, the, of, of things that, that aren't physical. It's in terms of uh, uh, logical logical entities like logical ports. Um, so uh, NorthD uh, takes the high-level configuration of the northbound database, translates it, and pushes these logical flows into the OVN southbound database. And let's uh, scroll down a little bit. So uh, the southbound database... Uh, is uh, the part that all of the hypervisors in OVN talk to. Um, we we have an agent uh, called OVN controller that runs on uh, each of the hypervisors, and that talks uh, northbound to the southbound database, as confusing as that is, uh, and it, it uses that information there uh, to figure out uh, how to uh, how to handle packets that uh, that show up from a VM or or from off box. And it, it translates uh, those logical flows into what we call physical flows or open flow flows. And it, it pushes those open flow flows into the, the V switch that, that run, the OVS V switch D process uh, that, that runs on the hypervisor. It, it also uh, talks to the uh, DB server that runs on uh, the local hypervisor uh, for some other kinds of, of configuration. So uh, that, uh, that, that's an overview of... Um, I've had uh, I've had other talks where I've uh, uh, I explained in, in a lot more detail on, on how that works. I spent a, a lot of time in OVN uh, two, in the OP, OVN 2.8 uh, cycle, trying to uh, improve uh, the the story for debugging and troubleshooting. So uh, one of my goals uh, for OVN has always been that there's a lot of transparency in the system that you can figure out uh, when something comes in at the top, some bit of configuration, uh, what's happening when it gets spit out at the bottom. And uh, one of the real weaknesses of that philosophy was that I didn't have much experience actually using the system uh, and trying to troubleshoot and debug it. So I was getting uh, all of this feedback (coughs) uh, from uh, people, or in in many cases, just not getting the feedback. Uh, the, The one of the problems I've noticed uh, with with users is they they tend to uh, to some degree assume that whatever they're given is what's possible, and uh, they they fail to complain uh, loudly enough. Uh, and and so uh, for uh, OpenStack Boston, like I said, I, I did this tutorial on on OVN and how it relates to Open vSwitch, and that forced me to actually go and install a DevStack and learn about. Uh, how this stuff works out in practice. So uh, what I found was that there were a lot of bits that were pretty miserable and and didn't have to be uh, in terms of uh, uh, the UI and the the troubleshooting and debugging process. So... uh, I fortunately started writing my tutorial several weeks before I actually had to do it, and that meant that I had time to go and fix a lot of this stuff uh, to a great degree. So if you go and look at that tutorial, it's actually a product of a lot of my, uh, um, my own feedback and discovery on uh, what, what worked well and, uh, and what didn't. Um, the, uh, one, I, I never found, uh, while I was writing it, any actual bugs in, uh, in OVN or OpenStack which uh, kind of surprised me. I, I always expect to uh, to find bugs, uh, but maybe the, uh, the the reason that I didn't is that uh, most of my feedback from users tends to be bug reports, and so I, I assume that almost everything is a bug. So uh, l- let's talk about the, uh, the the sorts of improvements that we uh, ended up uh, getting as as part of this process and and as a, a process of other other patches uh, um, submitted by other people during the 2.8 release cycle. So. Uh, the, the worst one that I'm happiest to have fixed uh, is this sort of uh, UUID disease. Uh, UUIDs are great, um, and uh, the, the reason that they're great is that you can just generate a random one and use it and be very certain that it won't, uh, won't show up uh, from, from anybody else because they generated a different one. And, and so there's a lot of systems. Uh, OpenStack uh, is one of them. Uh, OVS is another. OVN is a third that that tend to use uh, UUIDs all over. And uh, while they're great from a a systems point of view, um, they're a pain to deal with from a a user point of view. And there were a lot of places in OVN uh, where uh, you had to use the full UUID, uh, and that meant in practice you spent a lot of time uh, cutting and pasting uh, or using shell variables, etc., to get anything done. And furthermore, there were a lot of places where OVN was only showing you UUIDs and and not names for things. Uh, So furthermore, you you saw this diagram with the southbound database and the northbound database. Well, that northbound database contains a lot of names as opposed to UUIDs, uh, but those weren't getting pushed down to the southbound database because nothing at that layer actually cared uh, about names for things. The UUIDs were enough. But they were only enough uh, if you didn't want to actually debug anything. Uh, if, if you wanted a human to be able to interact with the thing, uh, names uh, were, were a lot more convenient. So uh, in OVN 2.8, uh, we managed to uh, edit the uh, and, and modify uh, a lot of the a lot of the CLIs uh, for uh, working with these uh, databases. And uh, so, in in a lot of places, names are now used or names are accepted if you're trying to uh, to change something or name or or, or use something. Uh, and in the places where UUIDs were still necessary, uh, in most of those cases, uh, now you can abbreviate them to just the first four uh, or so uh, of those uh, hex digits. Um, and, and then so after I uh, took a look at this, uh, I realized that there were a lot of the, uh, the, the two layers that are sort of below OVN, inside OpenV switch itself, uh, there, there were a couple places where names were, or where, where numbers were only uh, used when uh, when names would have been more useful. This wasn't quite as bad because those were short numbers, not 36 bytes of unreadable crap. Uh, but I, I still managed to uh, to find a couple of places where I could uh, um, make it use names instead of numbers. Another area where we managed to make some uh, some pretty good strides uh, in terms of uh, debugging and troubleshooting uh, is. Uh, I've shown you this diagram that shows all these layers where at the top you've got uh, something high level and it gets translated through all these layers into something very low level at the bottom. Uh, That's a a fairly straightforward stack of things, uh, but when you're debugging and troubleshooting, uh, you often need to know exactly what happened in those translations. And there were a couple of places uh, where OVN and OVS weren't doing a good job of letting you know that uh, for example i 've got something at the very lowest layer. Where did it come from so uh, now uh, we've in uh, two point eight we 've managed to add a bunch of things where uh, it can show you if you 're coming from a high layer what it gets translated into it from a low, uh, at the lower layers and vice versa uh, if you 're looking at something on the bottom uh, where did it come from uh, on the top and it 's uh, a lot easier uh, to figure that stuff out now. Um, and uh, so you, you can pretty easily uh, move uh, all the way from the top to the bottom or, or vice versa. Uh, so uh, an- another area uh, where we made, managed to make some strides here is uh, in the uh, distributed firewall. So uh, before 2.8, uh, if uh, you set up a distributed uh, firewall rules, which Neutron uses by default, uh, then uh, there are, there, there's a, a couple of places uh, where uh, every packet that goes through these will, uh, uh, will pass through the distributed firewall. We, we had some sort of incomplete thinking or implement, in, incomplete implementation in 2.7, uh, where uh, if, if you tried to trace these things, OVN uh, contained some pretty useful tracing utilities, then when it went through the distributed firewall, it would just basically stop tracing. It, it wasn't implemented, uh, which made it very difficult to use with Neutron. Fortunately, uh, we've, uh, we managed for 2.8 to, uh, to complete these, uh, this implementation. Uh, and uh, there was uh, sort of a, a similar thing that we uh, managed to fix in Open vSwitch itself uh, so that uh, now you can uh, trace the process of a packet going through uh, OVN or, or Open vSwitch, and it, uh, um, it, it now will, will give you the, the full story. And uh, the, the reason, one of the reasons that it, it wasn't fully traceable before, was that it's difficult uh, to, to deal with sort of stateful stuff uh, in, a, in a trace utility that, that uh, is is working with things at, a, at an abstract level because uh, you're, you're tracing the path of a packet uh, and you hit a firewall, and the question is, uh, what, uh, what what state is that connection in? Is it established? Is it invalid? Uh, basically, should the firewall accept it or drop it? So uh, what we really did was introduce some some sensible defaults there uh, and then make it possible to override from from a command line if if you want to do uh, something other than that default. And then uh, finally, uh, some of the utilities just weren't very good at usefully uh, displaying a, a summary of what the uh, of, of what the system contains. So uh, we improved that too. That's uh, my my summary of, of what we did on troubleshooting and debugging uh, for uh, OVN and Open vSwitch 2.8. I'm uh, pretty pleased with those uh, those changes. Those are the changes that I'm uh, most familiar with because uh, they were uh, made due to my own pain. Uh, so uh, I, I can. Uh, answer questions about those uh, quite well. Uh, a lot of this other stuff that we're going to go into now, I'm uh, um, I'm, I'm less familiar with it because I'm uh, reporting on things that, uh, that that other people implemented. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best and I'll, I'll try not to uh, uh, misrepresent any of it. Uh, but you can probably stump me on the details if uh, if, you, if you start digging into it. So. Uh, First of all, uh, let's talk about the uh, the new features and refinements uh, in what I think of as sort of the area of IP addresses and IP address mappings. Um, the most exciting thing there, in my opinion, is that uh, OVN two point eight added a, a a DNS server uh, that's uh, that's built in uh, to, uh, to to the OVN controller. So uh, the when I when I say that uh, I mean that uh, whenever a packet uh, that makes a DNS request uh, comes in from a VM that's managed by OVN, uh, and you have this feature enabled, then that packet gets uh, redirected to the OVN controller that runs on the same hypervisor. It it doesn't actually uh, have to go over a physical wire for this. Uh, And then uh, OVN controller uh, can look at that uh, request and figure out, oh, do do I know uh, what the the answer is here? And if so, then it it will just uh, reply directly. Uh, instead of passing it along to, uh, to any uh, other uh, DNS server that's off-box. So uh, this isn't meant as a general-purpose uh, DNS uh, server function, so uh, you will not uh, use this to run your campus network. Uh, but, but the idea is that if, you, uh, if, if your VMs, uh, uh, for example, uh, maybe they're going up and down and they're moving around, uh, uh, changing IP addresses and so on, uh, then it can uh, automatically uh, supply uh, the the answer, uh, and uh, it, it's uh, good for uh, VM and, and container uh, management. Uh, in the DHCP world, DHCP for IPv4 is common, and uh, uh, Open or OVN supported that in uh, releases past, where it, it's sort of like DNS, and uh, OVN controller supplies uh, the DHCP response itself. Um, apparently, people actually use DHCPv6, too, so uh, we added support for that. Um, so if you want to use that, go for it. Uh, and then, uh, finally, uh, OVN for a release or two has had uh, built-in support for uh, IP address management where uh, if, if you need something to, uh, to, to manage the IP addresses uh, for your VMs or containers then you can just hand uh, off a, a range of them, uh, delegate a range of those uh, to OVN itself, and then, then it will manage the IP addresses for you. Uh, Neutron doesn't use this because uh, Neutron is uh, fond of uh, managing its own IP addresses. Uh, but if you're using a, a different cloud management system and uh, you have uh, a simple enough requirements, uh, then uh, OVN can do that. Uh, we, we added uh, um, some refinements uh, to uh, how... Uh, uh, to to, uh, OVN's capabilities for IPA address management uh, in in 2.8. So, uh, high availability. Uh, So, I'm not a distributed systems expert, uh, but uh, high availability seems to be uh, one of the the big issues for uh, distributed systems. Uh, I've heard it said that a distributed system is a, a system where uh, the, the failure of a system uh, can uh, can can make stuff stop working, even if you didn't know that system existed. Uh, and uh, I, I think that's something of a, a cynical uh, definition or statement, but it, it definitely seems to be be true in some cases. So uh, we we tried to keep the uh, the design of OVN uh, really simple. Uh, my my philosophy is always keep it simple because uh, it, it's too hard to. Uh, uh, to keep, keep track of things that are, uh, are, are complex. Uh, but uh, the, the simplicity uh, over time uh, has, has revealed that there are definitely some places uh, where we need a, a little more redundancy. So in uh, OVN uh, at 2.8, we've uh, introduced uh, um, high availability uh, features in a couple new areas. So uh, first of all, um, if, we, if we go back here and look at our, our diagram uh, for OVN, you can see uh, one of the places in the middle uh, where there's a single point of failure is uh, OVN NorthD, and that's the program that, that takes the uh, the high-level configuration for the system, translates it into into a lower one. Uh, so if if OVN NorthD died and uh, and didn't uh, get revived, then uh, what would happen uh, is that the configuration of the system would essentially freeze. Uh, you could continue modifying that configuration in the northbound database but it wouldn't be properly reflected in the southbound database. Uh, so uh, in uh, OVN 2.8, we've introduced a feature where uh, you can run uh, multiple OVN North Ds, uh, and they will automatically uh, configure themselves so that uh, uh, one is active uh, and the rest are backups. If the active dies, uh, then the, the backups uh, uh, take over. Uh, this, this was actually a, a really simple change uh, because of the way that uh, uh The OVS uh, database uh, has this this locking feature uh, so that uh, um, basically they all attempt to take the lock um, and then if uh, the one that actually gets it um, uh, dies, then uh, the OVS database will uh, automatically grant that lock to uh, one of them that's uh, that's, uh, still surviving. Uh, The other area where we added high availability support in OVN 2.8 is for uh, L3 gateways. So uh, you can add, uh, you, you can point uh, a, a gateway to uh, to more than one uh, chassis in uh, OVN 2.8, uh, and then uh, OVN will automatically uh, manage the availability there. Um, each of the hypervisors is connected to the gateway will use the BFD protocol, uh, which is a protocol for uh, checking whether uh, connectivity to a system is up, and uh uh, it'll uh, at any given time it will use the the highest priority um, member that uh, appears to be up, uh, and if if, what, if that one dies then it'll switch to the next and, and so on. And this is uh, uh, one of those spots where I uh, I said that my detailed knowledge is shaky. It's really shaky here. So uh, um, be- better not uh, try to uh, uh, ask a too tricky of a of a question uh, when we're done here. All right. So this is getting to the part uh, where um, I'm I'm actually uh, I'm pretty happy uh, about uh, what, what's going on. Uh, so I've mentioned OVSDB a couple of times, uh, the uh, Open vSwitch database. So uh, OVSDB is a, a general-purpose database uh, that we introduced uh, years ago for uh, managing the configuration of Open vSwitch itself. Uh, it's a, a database that can be configured uh, to, be, uh, to be ACID so that uh, uh, transactions are isolated, consistent, uh, atomic, and durable. Um, and uh, it, uh, it, it's, it's very small and efficient, um, and it has a few other properties that are very helpful for uh, maintaining the configuration of, of OVS. So uh, when we started OVN, uh, we needed a database because of the configuration or because of, of the way we wanted to structure the system. Uh, OVSDB was sort of a natural choice for us, uh, even though it, it lacks some of the features you want for a distributed system. Uh, it, it does not have high availability support. It does not have a clustering support. Um, it does uh, not have a, a couple of other things. Uh, and over time, we were trying to figure out: uh, should we fix these things, or should we switch to a new database? Uh, because God knows, there's a huge number of, of databases out there. Uh, I made a, a large matrix of all of the uh, the open source databases I uh, I could find that seems like seemed like they would uh, remotely be candidates for uh, replacing OVSDB in OVN, um, and. A couple of them came very close. Like, uh, for example, uh, one of the leading candidates was was Etcd. Um, but uh, all of them had a, a few shortcomings that, that we weren't really happy about. And so in the end, uh, we made the decision to uh, take OVSDB uh, and add the features that were missing. Uh, we'll find out in time whether this was the right choice, uh, but uh, progress is pretty good so uh, let let me tell you about uh, um, uh, what what we 've been doing so high availability uh, is as as I was saying before one of the big things that we need out of oVsdb is as well as uh, other components in oVs uh, or in oVn so uh, when we when we started out uh, OVsdb just didn 't have anything like that at all uh, for the uh, the use case that we had before where it 's configuring OVs this wasn 't a big deal if, uh, if it crashed, it had a feature to automatically restart itself that 's almost trivial um, and if, uh, you know if, if the rest of the system went down, it wasn 't a big deal either, except that your system was down uh, because uh, I mean it was configuring something that was itself down. Uh, but once you get into a distributed systems context, you need something better. So, uh, as sort of a, a quick hack, you might say, uh, for uh, previous versions of OVN, uh, we had uh, an implementation of active backup replication that was uh, contributed by HP for uh, actually for an unrelated purpose, uh, but uh, it, it worked out okay. Uh, it's got a lot of sort of disadvantages for a distributed system. For example, uh, it, it doesn't automatically choose which one should be the active and which one should be the backup. You need an external agent for that. Um, and uh, the, the replication is sort of approximate. It's, it's fairly easy, uh, it, it, at least if you uh, use a contrived uh, example, to get into a situation where you commit to the active and then you kill the active and then you start the, uh, start the backup and a, a transaction or two didn't make it to the backup. Uh, In the OVN use case, that is not usually a big deal because uh, if, if, for example, that happens to the southbound database, then uh, OVN North D will will actually just push back down those changes. Uh, But in any case, it's it's not entirely satisfactory. Uh, I guess another reason is simply that you you only get any benefit from the backup if there's actually a failure. Uh, There's there's no benefit in terms of, uh, for example, uh, performance uh, you, you can't use the, uh, uh, the, the backup in the same way that you would the active. So uh, because of all this stuff, uh, about, uh, I don't know, six or nine months ago, uh, we, we made the decision in, earn- in earnest that we would uh, add uh, a distributed clustering to uh, OVSDB and the OVSDB server. So uh, we've, we've built that uh, using the, the Raft algorithm for distributed consensus. Um, it works. Um, I've had, uh, I've had uh, reports from uh, a couple of users that it, it's working for them. Um, I'm personally always very skeptical about uh, big new changes, so I'm uh, spending as much of my time as I can uh, writing really difficult uh, test cases to, uh, to try to break this thing. Um, I'm sure I'll succeed uh, to, to some extent at breaking it, uh, but then I'll fix it. And uh, my, uh, my, my hope is that uh, we'll be getting that uh, into the, the code base uh, in the next month or two and have it in uh, OVS 2.9. Uh, and uh, one, one of the things that I'm really happy about, uh, actually with this, uh, this implementation so far, uh, is that it, it has really good support for, uh, for read scaling. Uh, we get uh, almost uh, um, almost n times uh, read performance if uh, if we have uh, n n servers uh, for uh, in the cluster and uh, OVN is a very read heavy workload, so I, I suspect that in practice. Uh, if, if you have a three-node or a five-node uh, um, distributed cluster, that you'll get uh, really good performance and be able to increase the, uh, uh, the number of nodes in your, uh, uh, in your OVN uh, deployment uh, significantly. So uh, my, uh, uh, the, the story isn't completely written there yet, uh, but I'm uh, feeling uh, really hopeful about it. So uh, the other OVSDB feature uh, that went in uh, and is part of the uh, uh, Open vSwitch uh, 2.8 release is RBAC, uh, Role-Based ac- Access Control. So uh, until uh, recently, uh, there, there wasn't any support for access control in OVSDB. You, you could export a, a database as read-only, uh, but if you gave a given client uh, write access, then uh, it got write access to the entire database, and could make any changes to it that it liked. So, uh, this uh, some some folks from from Red Hat pointed out that this wasn't great uh, for uh, for OVN, and they were right uh, because it means that uh, if these uh, these hypervisors in an OVN deployment uh, all had access uh, to the uh, OVN southbound database. Uh, and they needed to be able to modify that database, and they did for a couple of reasons, uh, then if you had a, an exploit on any of the hypervisors, then uh, they could corrupt the entire database, delete the whole thing, uh, trick uh, uh, hypervisors into sending data to them that they shouldn't, and so on, that it was just uh, basically a bad thing. So uh, we we talked about a couple potential ways uh, to, uh, to solve that. Uh, one way would be to... Uh, Keep the hypervisors from uh, having any write access to it at all. Um, and uh, we, we still needed to have some sort of controlled access. So that probably would have boiled down uh, to adding some, uh, some additional central service, uh, maybe part of North-D, uh that would be able to make those uh, sorts of uh, controlled changes uh, to the database. That it wasn't a terrible idea. Um, and I I still wonder uh, whether we'll we'll find some need for some sort of a, a central service of that uh, of that type at some point, uh, but uh, the uh, the solution that we ended up settling on, uh, which also seems like a reasonable solution, is to add uh, more finely granular access tro- controls to uh, to OVSDB. So now, if you enable that feature, uh, the hypervisors can make uh, only certain very limited changes uh, to the uh, central database. They don't need to be able to do very much. Uh, Basically, they need to be able to tell the other other hypervisors, hey, uh, this is the list of uh, VMs that that I've got on me, so if you need to send packets to those VMs, uh, send them them my way, Um, and a couple of other uh, minor things. So um, if you enable that, that's essentially uh, the uh, security that, uh, uh, that you get. Uh, so uh, there, there were a few other uh, minor changes to OVN, uh, but either they were really minor or I just simply didn't understand them. Uh, so uh, I, uh, I haven't talked about them here. Um, so uh, if you want to see that complete list, uh, you can refer to the news file uh, that comes with OVSD uh, and OVN. Uh, or if you really want the whole story, you can look at the whole changelog. But that's pretty long, probably a couple thousand commits uh, for the last uh, release. Um, and uh, uh, you can ask questions here, uh, or if you have questions later, uh, feel free to email me or the OVS discuss list, uh, OVS discuss at openvswitch.org. So uh, thanks to everyone for attending. If I'm reading my watch right, uh, we have about five minutes for questions. Yes. Then some link to this page. I Is haven't, it published yet? I haven't published it yet. Uh, I haven't figured out whether it's a good thing to publish. Uh, would Would you find it useful? Yeah, because mm. I can tweet just about every chapter, so I thought it would be easier to finish up the tweet with the uh, whole page. Okay, I'll uh, I'll figure out somewhere to publish it, and I'll, I'll, I'll tweet about that. Thank you. All right, <laughs> you're welcome. Other questions? Actually, I'm not familiar with OVN. Actually, I'm uh, from Onos. Uh, I, I'd like to know that... Um, OVN has any kind of feature that hurts, uh data plane acceleration? Does OvN have data plane acceleration? Um, so uh, you mean can it take advantage of, say, specialized hardware um, or or DPDK? Or uh, okay, so uh, Open vSwitch uh, supports DPDK, for example, and. Uh, you can run uh, OVN with any of the data paths that uh, OVS supports. So uh, you could run it with DPDK. Uh, you could run it with the um, the Mellanox accelerated uh, um, NIC support that, that Mellanox contributed uh, in the last cycle. Um, most of the uh, vendors of uh, of accelerated, uh, gosh, what's the category? The the, the, the there's a, a category of NICs that have um, general purpose CPUs on them like for example Cavium LiquidIO I.O. Um, and, and Broadcom and Mellanox have uh, have NICs like that and uh, for most of those the manufacturers have themselves ported uh, OV, uh Open vSwitch uh, to their NICs and you you can run it uh, with with those so uh, yeah basically OVN supports all the same hardware acceleration that OVS does yes Is there any valid use cases of uh, OVN on bare metal nodes? OVN on bare metal nodes. Um, so uh, you could run OVN on bare metal if you wanted to uh, virtualize uh, say physical machines um, on a um, say say you've got a, a, a bunch of machines that aren't virtualized um, then uh, OVN supports uh, a, a, a number of Vendors of top-of-rack switches, uh, and it'll it'll cooperate with those. Um, you could run it as a bare metal container uh, virtualization solution. Container switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it works for that purpose. But for just provisioning plain bare metal nodes, <laughs> it means that one would need to run an agent as well. as only an agent underlying. Yeah, if, if you wanted to, uh, to do that, you could do it. There might be uh, security implications. Um, if you're trying to use it to secure machines, then you'd uh, have to make sure that the... Um, actually, one of the, the ways you could do that, I, I guess, is to, to, to go with something that, uh, that, that's sort of like the, uh, the Amazon Annapurna uh, solution where you use the, uh, the NIC as your root of trust, if you had a sufficiently advanced NIC, uh, then you could run Open v switch and the agent on it and, and use that to, to secure your physical machine. I don't know whether anyone does that. Yes? I was wondering about uh, how you described the DHCP and DNS functionality. Uh, because it seemed like in order to do that, there was stable added to the North database Specific to DNS and and another for um, for DHCP, and I was wondering whether it would be worth it to have uh, that generalized, so that if you had to implement something like, for example, the metadata service that OpenStack uses, that you could also uh, leverage that, and there would be some way to define an application that the controller delegates uh, the handling of certain kinds of packets. In, also, like, stuff like that. Uh, I, I, I agree that there's some scope to generalize it. The uh, solution we have now is fairly specific to uh, DHCP and, and DNS. Uh, it, it is controlled through the flow table, uh, so you can do quite a few clever things with those, um, but you can't work on, say, arbitrary packets. Uh, um, the, the way it, it's implemented, if, if you try to do anything that was, say, um, at the level of HTTP, uh, that probably would be impractical just, just because of the, uh, the, the way that it's implemented in a, a, a simple stateless way that's really only appropriate for things like, like UDP or, or other uh, datagram protocols. Um, but I, I, I agree, there, there's a lot of, uh, lot of scope for, for doing more sophisticated things. It looks like we're just about out of time, uh, so I'm, I'm happy to take uh, other questions uh, off to the side if, if, if anybody uh, wants, uh, wants to talk more. Thank you. OVS Orbit is edited and produced by Ben Pfaff using Audacity audio editing software and released under the Creative Commons Unported 3.0 license. The intro and bumper music in this episode is excerpted from Electro Deluxe by My Free Mickey and the outro from Girls Like You by Stefan Kartenberg, both under the Creative Commons Attribution Unported 3.0 license. For more episodes of OVS Orbit, visit OVSOrbit.org or for more information about OpenVSwitch, visit OpenVSwitch.org.